What's up, Anchor? How you doing today? Beautiful, beautiful day today in Toronto City. And I want to talk to you guys about the mystery of blessing and cursing. The power of the word. The power of the spoken word. And I want to take you guys back to the beginning to like, you know, get this um, in perspective. Because so many times we, we forget that our current present state is only a reflection of our past right when you start studying history and you know historians will probably agree with me they will see that there's patterns there's certain things that dictate how the future is gonna you know kind of pan out because we know as well that whatever we sow we will reap so let me dive into Genesis which is where everything started and for you to understand you need to go back literally the first chapter where God is, number one, making things into existence, creating things from nothing to something, from like utter darkness to light, from like a void and without form world, and I won't get into that um, right now, but you know, basically that was caused by a judgment of water that God sent to all the fallen angels before even the creation of man happened but anyway that's a story for a different time but notice how God is always um, creating things with the spoken word the spoken word has power and it says in John 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the word we know later as we read in John chapter 1 it's Jesus, the Word made flesh, right? So that's really key to understand because when God created man, He created him with everything he needed. He was, you know, in this beautiful garden, beautiful like paradise on earth. Eve was there, the animals were there, plants and trees of all kinds were there. It was all beautiful. God walked with man, man walked with God, and it was this amazing, amazing picture and and paradise but something crazy happened when when man sinned but we, before i get there let me say you know god gave man two tasks before the fall two tasks and you can go back and read this but task number one was be fruitful and multiply okay so multiply you know i want you guys to be fruitful and to multiply number two subdue the earth and i believe that many things were different than the current state of the world. Let me mention a few. Number one, I believe animals talked. Now, there's not something that completely backs it up, but I believe that animals talk, especially because when the serpent talked to Eve, she was not scared. She wasn't like, what the heck, why is this serpent talking? It was just like, chill. And by the way, yes, this story is literal, and it did happen exactly how it said it happened. Now. We don't know if God created the earth in literal six days. We know there's six units, or sorry, yeah, six units of time, you know, on the seventh uh, day rest. And anyway, I won't get into that um, debate either, but I will go into the debate of the spoken word and how subduing the earth for man back then was not how we subdue the earth now. There's a curse that happened in between. We'll go to the curse in one second. I'm actually gonna um, pull my Bible, if I can find it around here, one second, uh, 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 uh. here it is, beautiful, 
Alright, so I'm going to take you guys, like I said, back to Genesis 1-1. And it's going to blow your minds, guys, because back then, I believe that God wanted to take what was made of Eden and turn the whole earth like that. You know, man was to go into the edge of the Garden of Eden, speak to the earth and say, Earth, be subdued with authority that was given to man by God Almighty. And then, boom, the soil would start to grow. And maybe you would speak to the a tree and would say bear fruit and then the thing would bear fruit and so man had this authority with the spoken word that was so powerful and let me get deeper into that in the next little segment so stay tuned what's up anchor i'm back and we're talking about the mystery of blessing and cursing and i want to take you to genesis 1 verse 28 and it says then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven over every living thing that moves on the earth and God said behold I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit you shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth everything that has the bread of life I have given every green plant for food and it was so and God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day all right so there's a lot here let me unpack it for you so a couple things number one notice that it said let us make man in our image okay so let us talking about the trinity okay it's god right there saying us as in jesus the holy spirit and god himself and this is so key to understand because when we are created in our image it says after our likeness god has put certain things in us that resemble the image of our creator we're we're creators right that's one of the things that separate us from animals right animals can't imagine things and create things animals just act on instinct we act on instinct sometimes but we are also creators and we have an ability to build and to create you know nothing else in all creation is like that we were made in that kind of image and many other things but you know it says here male and female he created them and now now here is where it starts to get interesting okay so number one it says and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea like basically god that that's where god is giving us the authority so i want you to picture like a 
purple robe that represents authority usually in the Bible. Imagine this robe is given, given to you, given to men to say, hey, you have dominion over all things. And dominion doesn't mean, doesn't mean like this dictator, you know, usually when we think of like a dictator uh, with authority, with dominion, with like, you know, this dictatorship, like not at all. This dominion was good. As a matter of fact, creation, you know, through Genesis 1, through the whole thing, we see many times that God said, you know, um, let, let me just pull it up right here so I can read it to you. Hey, paraphrasing when I have it in front of me. Okay, so let's just go to chapter 1, verse 10 says, God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called seas and God saw that it was good. So as he does creation, he says it was good. But at the end of the, you know, passage I just read to you guys, he said that it was very good. So we see something crazy happening here where man, you know, combined with God's creation in complete oneness with the Father, turns things that were very, that were good into very good. And so God gives this purple robe on us, you know. He gives this purple robe to Adam and he gives this purple robe to Eve. And they probably, like I said, would, would go to the edge of the garden and said, Earth, be subdued. The thing would start growing and they would keep expanding the Garden of Eden. And he gave him those specific tasks, right? He said, be fruitful, um, verse 28, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, right? So we know that work as we know it was not the same type of work as God gave it, you know, um, even even the animals, it says a little bit, you know, um, ooh, I'm running out of time here, you know, I got excited, all right, I only have five minute segments, so I'll catch you in the next one. All right, what's up, guys? I'm, I'm diving into Genesis, and I'm diving into the mystery of blessing and cursing, and it's a spiritual law, really. Um, we talked about before uh, in the last couple segments how God gave man a mission. He said you need to fill the earth, you need to multiply, you need to subdue, you need to be fruitful. You know, he gave authority over all things and most likely our word had way, way, way more power because we had the authority of God to speak things into existence and everything would just happen, you know, boom, it would grow and, and the earth would be subdued. Now it's like such a pain to like grow a crop, you know, people think that's how it's always been and it's not true. You know, back before the fall, animals spoke, um, you know, the spoken word through that, that vibration <laughs> with the authority of God would make things happen, would make things grow, would make things be fruitful, um, you know, You'll, you'll remember that one of the tasks that God gave Adam was to name the animals because naming has power, you know, the spoken word has power, you know, all that was part of the blessings that God had for man. He said, you know what, I'll walk with man, uh, man could walk with God as well, they could speak to each other in perfect communion with the Father, um, all animals ate greens, like, you know, the, the lion did not eat the lamb before the fall. So check this out. Uh, Genesis 1 uh, verse 30 says, and to every beast of the earth. Okay, so what's every beast of the earth, right? So you got everything, cats and lions and bears and deer and everything that you can think of. 
beast of the earth, every bird of the heavens, all birds of the heaven, everything that creeps on the earth. So I have, you know, creeping, creeping things, every, every type of bug that you can even think of. And then it says, just in case someone thinks it's only exclusive to certain animals, it says everything that has the breath of life. So everything that has the breath of life, that's including plants. Plants have the breath of life. So it's every, any, anything that moves. So man had authority over all creation, over anything that had the breath of life. And it says, I have given every green plant for food. So everyone, everyone, man, animals, everything, ate plants, ate fruits, ate things that just grew like that. No one killed anyone. There were no thorns, no whistles. There were no, uh, you know, diseases. There were no sicknesses. Uh, there were no, um, you know, global warming. Like none of that was there. You know, it was a perfect world where man had dominion over all creation. The spoken word was powerful. And you know what's crazy? We know that the spoken word is powerful. You know, it's been proven by science now that if you have like two different um, plants, you know, or two different, um, you know, like let's say two different flowers, like one to you know next to each other. If you speak to one and you say you're dumb, you're stupid, like I hate you. Uh, and then you say to the other one, I love you, you're so amazing, you give it a name, you say, hey, you know, Susan, Susan like, you know, <laughs> um, a rose named Susan, like, whatever, you know what I'm saying, like, with love, uh, with empowering words, and what we say in cursing, or we say in blessing, still has weight, still has a ton of weight, not the same way that it was at the beginning, where things were literally, like, boom, just happened, like, in front of your eyes, but we know that over time, when you speak things to anything, any type of matter really, with blessing or with cursing, it affects the biochemistry. If it affects your own biochemistry when you think thoughts that are positive and are, that are negative, but it also affects the biochemistry of whatever you are, you know, speaking to. So that's super important to know because it gives weight to the spoken word and it gives you a perspective for the next thing that I'm going to be um, talking about in the next little segment. Because ultimately, God created us to expand His kingdom. And I think that's one of the biggest keys that you can take away from Genesis is that God originally intended for man and God to just walk in perfect communion, to expand His kingdom, to be full of blessing and fun and love. And could you imagine how amazing being in this beautiful garden, like naked, not worrying about anything? Uh, there was no sin, no like evil, no like you know pervertedness of any kind. We're like we're like kids with ki like kids, but with like rationality, with like everything, with the spoken word. We could talk to animals. We could have fun. We everything was so blessed, and you know probably the fruit and everything they ate was like a thousand times better than anything we can even taste and feel right now, because our bodies went into a fallen state. Alright, what's up guys, and we're talking about the spiritual law. It's a spiritual law, guys, of blessing and cursing. It's things that are written in the Word, that are found in biblical principles, that are found in the words spoken by the Holy Spirit that have truth. That if we don't understand the, the weight of our words, we won't be able to use them how God meant for us to use them. And this is very key, guys, because we are a product of our words we're a product of the things that come out of our mouths we're a product of the things that come out of our hearts and 
you know, we really do have the power of life and death in our tongue, like it says in the book of James. And I'll take you there in just one second, but I want to just wrap up the, the Genesis aspect where, you know, as we, as we said before, um, you know, God told Adam to name all the animals, and, and it's interesting because when you name something, right, it's both. It's a declaring of authority over them, that's why Jesus always asks um, the demons for their name. Because as soon as you give the name, you're given authority. We also see the same pattern with Jacob um, when he was wrestling the angel. Um, you know, and anytime that there's that, hey, what's your name? You know, in, in that authority, you you declare the authority over the one that you're um, naming, which is interesting because you know why do parents name their kids? They're declaring authority over them. That's exactly the same thing. No different. That's why Jesus. Um, change the name of, of Peter, change the name of Abraham, change the name of uh, many different people, right? So anyway, names, powerful. Also, it unlocks, a name unlocks a certain identity, a purpose found in the name. That's key to understand too, you know, when, when Jesus changed the name of Peter, he was not only just giving them a name, a lot of people just missed that. It was so much deeper than that. A new name meant a new identity, it meant a new purpose. It said, Peter, you're not the old guy that used to be. You have a new name now. It's a name that I'm going to be building my church upon because you are the rock, the stone of which the church is going to be built. And so it's huge. Peter didn't get it at the time, but I'm sure he got it after, you know. And yeah, uh, one of the cool things is that the word iota, which is kind of like work, um, back in the Garden of Eden and all this, you know, iota kind of has like two meanings. One meaning is obviously work, working with your hands, working with your, you know, body, with what you're doing, with your words, with your emotions, with everything. But then the other aspect is worship. Mm. It's just key to understand because they're intrinsically connected. God made us to worship, for worship. And that's why every civilization and every human on earth has always had a need to worship something. You know, no matter what culture you come from, no matter what culture there is, even if it's not even in the modern world, if it's somewhere in the Amazonas, they'll always be trying to worship something and trying to, you know, see that there's something or someone higher than themselves, you know, and we were all meant and called for worship. And so back in this, the Garden of Eden, it was this beautiful, perfect, you know, scenario where, you know, everything was so tasteful, so delicious, so like vital, um, animals could talk to you, you, like, you know, there was no, nothing that could harm you, there was no like, you know, um, animals that would eat you and things like that, all animals like ate plants and it was just this amazing garden, this amazing plan that God had, but you know, God also knew that it was going to happen and, and, and that's why God put that tree in the Garden of Eden and said, you cannot eat from that tree. A lot of people get mad at that and say, okay, why did God put that, you know? But let me let me explain how, you know, because we are created for worship, God does not want robots that worship. God wants true worshipers. He wants the glory, not because, you know, He is inflicting fear on us or because He, like, put us against the corner, but because we want to. You know, that's why Jesus' forgiveness of sin is only taken and when you receive it you know jesus already came and died for every single one of us but it's up to you it's up to me it's up to every single one of us to accept it because the acceptance part the receiving part is different than the giving part you know i can give you a gift but you might not want to accept it and i come back with my gift you know the gift is free the gift is there but you might not want it you might say no thank you i don't want your gift 
and I have to go back and return it, right? So that's the same thing here. And so words have power. You know, um, words can clean someone. Words can bless someone. Words, uh, words can curse someone. There's generational curses. And I'll talk about this stuff in the next segment. I think I've, I've wrapped that and really made that point strong about Genesis. And I'll dive into the next part. What's up, guys? I'm back. And I want to keep diving into this whole aspect of the power of words and the mystery of blessing and cursing so one of the craziest things that I've been learning about is that the words that you choose to describe things in your day-to-day -day, like life really do affect the way you feel really do affect your actions and ultimately they affect your whole life and that is crazy guys because m many of us are not taking inventory they're not we're not auditing ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis being like what kind of words am i using are they are they empowering words and, or are they disempowering words and many people also have a wrong association with the word empower empowering people always think of like a a you know positive thinking coach or something but this goes way deeper than that way bigger than that you know when I say empower I mean something that literally gives you the power to do something to change a situation to have control over the outcome and that's the power of words you know and um, many times we've we've heard of people that say hey you know I hope you die or like I hope this happens to you and your family and and so there's two pieces right there's the there's the spoken word you know whoever gave you a curse and I'm sure any of you that is listening to this have probably gotten in some sort of argument or fight where someone said something to you right and so we have two different options to react to someone saying hey Andres you are stupid okay so now I hear that it goes into my ears goes into my brain and now I have to make a choice either a I react and I say no screw you or you know basically pay evil with evil or two I choose to not accept that right I choose to remain silent maybe even say hey you know what God bless you but most importantly I don't let it stick I cut it in its tracks I reject that word I don't accept it sometimes people accept it unconsciously and someone might say, yeah, I don't believe I'm stupid. But inside of you, you got hurt. You got moved. You got punched. And suppressing your emotions won't work because they'll eventually surface. But the point is that you subconsciously or consciously accepted that word. And so you just put yourself under the bondage of that curse. It's huge, guys. This is, this is real stuff. Because when you put yourself under the under the bondage of that curse, you're you're accursed now. And these things go even deeper than that. You know, when we say things to ourselves, you know, things like, hey, you know, let's say for example that you are back in, you know, grade five or grade six, and there's a spelling contest, spelling bee contest. You know, those that are back in school, and you suck at it, let's say, and so you don't do a good job and then you label yourself and you say oh I'm a terrible speller you know oh I'm not meant for this I'm no I, I I suck at this and you believe it to the degree that you that you never get out of it that it becomes a curse that it becomes a false belief a label that you place on yourself you know 
by the power of the word that just puts you under the curse. And throughout your whole life, you'll walk with this mantle, with this burden saying, I'm a terrible speller. And this could be anything, you know, I'm a terrible mom, I'm a terrible brother, I'm a terrible worker, I'm a terrible, um, you know, basketball player, I'm a terrible anything, right? We put a curse upon ourselves many times. And those, when we don't break them fast enough, they can become a whole belief system. They can become a whole, like, rational belief that it's so deep in us that we don't even question it. We don't even go back and say, why do I believe this? Or why do I think this about myself? And those become strongholds in the spiritual arena. And we give access, essentially, um, to the devil in areas of our lives where we feel disempowered, where we feel um, cursed, where we feel weak, where we feel inadequate, where we feel shame, we feel guilt, we feel fear, we feel worry, we feel anxious. All those things are in the power of the tongue, in the power of the word, of the spoken word, and also the power of your own words that you tell yourself, the stories you tell yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. Very key to audit yourself, guys. Let me catch you in the next segment. Yo, I'm back, I'm back. It's pretty interesting, you know, how this whole anchor thing works where it gives you five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, and then you put them all together. It's kind of interesting. But anyway, we're talking about the power of words, the power of your vocabulary, the power of curses, the power of blessings. So let me dive into something else now where um, this might really unlock the way you see things. And I'm going to tell you a quick story where I... I realized I caught myself in in a in a pattern of limiting beliefs where I thought that I wasn't A or I wasn't B or I wasn't C. I wasn't basically who I needed to be. And I realized that many times what happens is that we used to be a certain type of person. We used to be a certain type of man or woman. Um, but then when our circumstances change, you know, we get married, we uh, have a kid, we graduate from college we get another job we move to another country like live big life events then it sets a motion for something different where now life is applying pressure to us and so when pressure is applied there's only two choices you either a crumble or you b you transform and it's very true and so I realized that I was limiting myself based on my own beliefs about myself I, I, I thought you know I could never do this I don't have it in me and I was like, why do I believe that I don't have it in me? I'm like, oh my goodness, that's a false belief. Why couldn't I have it in me? And then, you know, God took me to, to that Genesis passage. And I'm like, God's plan has always been of abundance, has never been of curses. It was always abundance. It was always multiplication. It was always fruit. It was always subduing the earth and having dominion and having authority and having power. Oh, like God designed us from the very beginning for that. So I realized that and I said, you know what, I am done with that. I am done, 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 done. I need to start detecting those limiting beliefs in myself, those false beliefs, so that I can rebuild them with the truth. I want to go from being a curse to being blessed. And so I started auditing my, my, my vocabulary and I realized that I was describing certain things as, um, you know, being dumb or being like hateful. And, and you know, you 
I'm not saying that you can use, you know, words that are like that or like you can't curse and like I, I, I'm not legalistic like that, you know, but I do know that you have to be very careful with the words that come out of your mouth. That sometimes when you curse someone or you say, hey, you F you, whatever, like you don't know what kind of power those have. And you are not, you, you know, you don't have the right or the authority to be putting curses on people. You don't. Right, and the only times that you are allowed to give curses is, you know, when you go into kind of like what David did, where where he was praying imprecatory prayers. It's called, you know, for their enemies. But but it's not you doing the the cursing. It's you asking God to bring justice and to bring, you know, whatever you want for your enemies. You know, to put them under under the sole of your foot. You know, and it's very interesting. To, to see all of that dynamic because vengeance is always from the Lord like vengeance does not correspond to us you know Jesus taught us to to put the other cheek to 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 go and and run two miles with the with the person that's asking us to to to, to go one so it's always on on a very peaceful response very peaceful level so you know I challenge you like audit yourself audit your words like understand that the tongue has power let me let me actually go to the book of James so I can read to you what it says about the power of the tongue because many of us don't realize that I certainly didn't realize it until I started studying it and I realized that man like this was not God's original plan God wants so much more for us and we usually live in a shadow of our potential we usually live with a ton of limiting beliefs that maybe something happened to you when you were younger right maybe you were uh, you were raised in a broken home maybe you saw certain things when you were growing up that hurt you that maybe you've suppressed them all this time maybe there's like words that still linger things that maybe your dad told your mom told you, your grandpa told you your teacher told you your boyfriend or husband or wife or girlfriend told you right and man like those things are tough like sometimes they go deep in us and we don't even realize them and next thing we know we're like why do i live in defeat why do i feel so insecure about myself and we and we trace back and we realize we've accepted certain things that other people have labeled upon ourselves or our own you know self have have put labels that are totally disempowering so let me go into the book of james and i'll read to you one little part Right, cool. So come with me to the book of James, and we're going to go into chapter 3. So I'm going to just read to you the, this first portion, okay? Now, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Right? Any one of you done horseback riding? Yep. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. It's a little wheel, right? So just a little wheel that the will of the pilot directs, right or left, you know, how many degrees, how many, you know, left, yeah. <laughs> Five, so also the tongue, it's a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, right? And the tongue 
is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. Like, I don't think this guy was exaggerating, man. I think it's literally what it says. And set on fire by hell. Oh, let, let me read that again. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. There it is. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Of course not. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. This passage is huge, guys. Truly, life is in the power of the tongue. If we are able to have it obey us, if we're able to tame our tongue, he says no one can tame it, but if we're able to, you know, let me take you back, what does it say here? Mm -mm -mm -mm. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle his whole body. And I remember this other version that also says, you know, how your body can be full of light, you know, with when you're able to only use your tongue for blessing. And I challenge you, I challenge you to audit yourself, audit what comes out of your mouth, audit what goes in your heart, what you receive, what kind of things are you taking that's like, yep, that's me, nope, that's not me. Like, question it, question it, you know, to the degree that you, um, you know, put it against the light of God. You put it through the Word of God and you see where it stands, where it really, you know, plays a part in all of this. Because really it's the difference between living a abundant and fruitful life with authority and power from God and living in shame, living in guilt, living in insecurities and doubts and all those different things. Because the words that come out of our mouths, the words that, you know, we tell ourselves in our minds and in our hearts, it's really what will determine the quality of our lives. Um, I heard a quote by Tony Robbins a while ago. I really like it and really, really resonated with me. He said, the quality of your questions will determine the quality of your life. And it's very true. The quality of your questions will determine the quality of your life. You know, life is nothing but a series of questions and answers that we're doing that our whole day <laughs> we're always questioning ourselves asking ourselves questions and you know coming up with answers isn't that true all right guys thank you so much for listening um i just want to carry you through a powerful prayer um i want you guys to be free the same way how i was able to set free from curses from false beliefs from generational curses um, from limiting beliefs and accepting certain things that 
were not correspondent of who I am. It's not correspond to who God thinks, uh, or sort to what God thinks of me. And I want you guys to be free, to be set free as well. If you've held back, if you held on to things that someone said to you, that maybe you heard on a video or on a conference of some sorts, or maybe that your very own flesh and blood family told you and that you've adopted and that you're you're currently dragging that i want you to be set free from that i do not want you to be carrying this burden with you thinking that you are dumb thinking that you are no one thinking that you're not special thinking that you're not loved thinking that you are not um strong in any way that you don't have any type of power thinking that maybe life happens to you that life is not for you that life happens to you and, and you're just in this ocean going from left to right from left to right i want you to take control of that right now i want to guide you through a very simple very small prayer that will you know really break those things because the power of the tongue is huge we can bless we can curse we can certainly ask god in faith for certain things to happen and the bible says that whatever we bind on earth we bind in heaven whatever we lose on earth we lose in heaven so the lord is with us and i want to guide you through this because this will set those chains free all right are you ready say with me jesus i now ask you to forgive me for every idle word i have spoken myself or others that I have chosen to believe, I ask you to break the chain. Lord Jesus, I ask you to remove any strongholds in my life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to shed light in anything that I've been carrying that has held me back, that is keeping me in fear, that is keeping me in hate or unforgiveness. Jesus, I pray right now that you break those chains, that you fill me with your love, that you fill me with your spirit, and that I can walk in a new light. Thank you, Jesus, and I pray all this in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Thank you for listening. I've enjoyed my time with you guys today. I've enjoyed talking about this. It's a very dear subject of mine. I'm actually writing a book right now. I'm writing a uh, prepping a course right now as well that will talk more about living in the spirit, um, discerning what is a soulish uh, desire or a fleshly desire and not a spirit desire, um, discerning um, the power of blessings, discerning the power of cursing and ultimately attuning and giving sensitivity to your seventh sense. I believe God has given us seven senses and most of us only use five. Some people use six and very, very few use seven. I definitely did not use seven not too long ago and God has opened my eyes to, to this. And the seventh sense is the spirit. It's the spirit that lives in each and every person that has the breath of life. As we saw in Genesis, the breath of life is that spirit and we are to live by the Spirit. Not by our own Spirit, but by the Holy Spirit. 
But the only way to live by the Holy Spirit is to learn how to be sensitive first to the Holy Spirit, is to learn to be guided by that spirit that we all have that gets in direct connection with the Holy Spirit, that dwells in you, that is in you, and that ultimately carries you through life in the most amazing and powerful way that you can think of. Take care, guys. Love you. Take it easy. And I'll catch you in the next segment. Cheers.